It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in 508-996-0500. Or you can hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. And uh, we will continue on with our various discussions that we've been having so far on the program. It can be whatever is on your mind, of course. But we were talking earlier about today being the Ward 3 election, the special election to replace you, Dunn. Uh, Sean Oliver and Carmen Amaral, the two candidates who are running for that position. I hope that people are still able to get out and vote despite the weather. I hope that if you are someone who didn't already vote early, that you are able to get out today and vote because the turnout that happened for the preliminary was not very good. To only have 650-something people, I think it was, vote in the preliminary election with seven candidates on the ballot just does not seem like a good deal. Does not seem like a good representation. Certainly doesn't equal how important that election is, not only for the ward itself, but for the city overall. And projects that will affect the South Coast as a whole. So I'm hoping that we will see a much larger number today. I think being a final election, it's going to, you're going to have better numbers. I just don't know how big of a percentage it'll be. But I think you will get more people coming out to vote. I think there was probably a lot of... You know, voter apathy to some degree because we had just come out of the midterm elections in November. I think a lot of people probably looked at it as, yeah, there's a bunch of preliminary candidates. I'll wait until the final two are decided and then I'll go out and vote. There may even be some folks who are like, it's just finishing off Hugh Dunn's term. I will care more in the fall. And if that's the case... You know, I hope they'll reconsider that and get out today and vote because there's a lot of work to be done between now and then. I just, I'm looking out the window here as I'm talking with you all. The Fairhaven police have pulled up outside, but I don't know what's going on exactly. Looks like they're talking to each other. Maybe there's a problem with one of their vehicles. I don't know. Because he's, one of the officers is looking at his vehicle. Doesn't look like anything serious anyway. So we will uh, we'll continue on with the discussion. All I know is that they're not here to arrest me, so I can keep talking to you. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe a certain caller placed in a call to the Fairhaven police for a wellness check on me because of all my talk about sandwiches and restaurants. Maybe she wants to make sure I'm okay. Nah, they're getting their cars. They're going away. All right. They're not here for me. Yes, got away with it again. Anyway, 
Um, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and uh, and chime in. Mr. M in New Bedford sent in an app chat message, which you can do if you download the WBSM app. You can get it in your app store or go to WBSM.com and click on the listen tab and it will send it right to your phone. But you can get all kinds of great features, uh, live streaming audio, podcast audio, all of our stories, live traffic, live weather, special contests. You can set it as your alarm clock so you can wake up in the morning listening to Phil. All of it brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. But um, this message says... Hey, Tim, I was wondering how many dollar stores do we need in this area? I just noticed that they're building a dollar store. I might sneeze. At Kempton Street and Jenny Lynn. I'm like right at the cusp of that sneeze. So another dollar store being built uh, at Kempton and Jenny Lynn. So the question is, how many dollar stores do we need? When when uh, the Benny's store over here in Fairhaven... When construction started on that, everybody was so excited. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? And then when it turned out to be Family Dollar, there were people who were disappointed. Do we need a Family Dollar? There's a Dollar Tree right down the street. Well, they're not the same thing. If there was a Family Dollar and a Dollar General next to each other, then I'd say, yeah, they're kind of the same thing. But the reason why I think we need so many dollar stores is because there are a lot of people that are getting by by going to the dollar store. It's a dollar twenty-five now, but that's how they're getting by is by buying products in the dollar store. There's things that I buy at the dollar store to save money, and I think when you have a, a neighborhood area where people walk to the store, they're going to want to walk to a dollar store. So it, I think it'll be profitable. I know people get upset about it and they say, "Is that what we need? Another dollar store?" But I guess you do, or else they wouldn't be building it, right? And for all of you out there who are saying, man, why can't we just get a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's? You know the answer to that already. 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Hey, I just want to congratulate you, Tim. You uh, you escaped capture once again. <laughs> I was ready to go out the back door. It sounded like it was pretty close there for a minute. I was, um, I was a little bit nervous. Hey, I just, uh, just an aside, I don't know if you caught it, uh, the journal had it in the business section, uh, electric vehicles without AM radio for a safety warning. And the um, former FEMA uh, director under uh, Obama had signed a letter so that the new all-electric vehicles interfere with radio transmission, uh, AM radio transmissions. And uh, some manufacturers have decided to discontinue uh, AM radios in the new vehicles. Mm-hmm. And so... Um uh, Rep, uh, Senator Ed Markey has also written a letter to the car manufacturers asking them to reconsider that. And I reached out to Senator Markey's office. They got back to me yesterday and said that uh, the senator will be joining us at some point in the next couple of weeks to be able to come on and, and talk about this issue a little bit more in depth. Oh, good. Yeah, that, that should be interesting. Uh, I'm not a fan of the senators, but um, it's an interesting <clears throat> development. And the, the story in today's paper ended with a, uh, a you know, a... Uh, kind of anecdotally about the storm in uh, Buffalo in December mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, they got devastated. I think there were over a dozen deaths 
when the blizzard hit Buffalo in that area, and uh, there was a guy in, a, in his car. He called the radio station, and they were live on the air with their emergency equipment, and he was actually rescued. He was diabetic uh, because of other AM listeners were able to respond to the, his car. No, so, I mean, uh, obviously, it, I... It, it, and, and you guys have been local in, in some of our storms, that, you know, and it comes in pretty handy. Absolutely, yeah. And obviously, I have a vested interest in seeing AM radios continue on. Even though we have the FM signal, we have the app, we have the stream, all that stuff, you know, our our, our DNA is in, is in AM radio. So we want to see that continue. But also, I think as long as it exists then you should have an option for it in those vehicles. And I, I understand the interference, but that can all be figured out. I mean, there were, there's interference with an AM radio. If you have, um, uh, you know, if you have spark plugs, uh, what, what, you know, the unshielded spark plugs you get the really cheap spark plugs. When you're listening to the AM radio, you'll get a whine, you know? So like we've learned over year, over the years that it can have a little bit of interference. We just adapt and we get better equipment to be able to handle it. Yeah, I, I understood. Uh, this was a few years ago, and I, you can actually uh, the the electric transmission lines that interfere have. Um, I'm not sure the right electronic uh, equipment description they put on them, uh, so as not to interfere with AM radio. And and you can complain to the FCC and the utility, and, and they are supposed to respond if you are in an area of uh, uh, too much uh, interference, you know, electromagnetic noise. They have uh, filters, if you will. I mean, presses. so I mean, so you know, no, it's an important thing, and, and I know everybody in our listening audience, at least all of us that aren't on the AM or the the app, are uh, or the FM or the app, are interested in keeping a good AM uh, product out there. But there, there, I mean, there are non-electric vehicles where they're phasing out AM FM radios too, and they're tr- they're putting everything in, and they're 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 getting rid of the the radio signal independent instead on the app dashboard. So they're looking for you to be able to, you know, have all of the things that you want to listen to in an app format. And that eliminates your ability to really kind of hone in. Or if it's completely digital and has no analog component, you know, what happens if that digital aspect of the vehicle is, is no longer working? You know, what if, what if your circuit board that goes to that shorts out, you don't have another way of getting that information. And it's right. it's the it's the um, the emergency uh, broadcast system that they're most concerned about because that's the way we haven't you know we have these uh, alerts that they can put over your cell phone, but people for the most part don't pay attention to those. They see one, they swipe away, and they move on. But having that radio interference or having that television interference of that signal coming through makes a difference. When I had to go and duck and cover for the tornado. Uh, that we had last year or the year before, I had to go down into my basement because there were literally tornadoes in my area. You know, I was dependent on the AM radio telling me more because downstairs I didn't have a computer or anything else. I had a radio to tune into. Absolutely. I keep I keep batteries in my portable radio. You know, it's, uh, like I say, it comes in handy. And I know, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we're preaching to the choir with this audience, but I just thought I'd mention that. It was a great story, uh, how, how well it helped in the uh, Buffalo, uh, you know, crisis that they had. For anyway, sure. And I'll make sure, right. as soon as we yeah. secure a date with uh, Senator Markey, I'll make sure I announce it. Yes, I, I'm looking forward to that one. All right, Tim, thanks a bunch. All right, have a good a day. great morning. 508-996-0500, you're next on WBSM. How you doing, Tim? Good, how are you? Two things. The, uh, you remember people years ago when AM radio was 
uh, real popular in cars because nobody had, unless you had an FM converter, a lot of people, be, to get away from that static that you were saying, that hum, mm-hmm. people had a piece of rubber hanging from their car, dragging on the ground that had steel in it, like oh. a steel-belted radial. And what that did is it grounded it. Wow, I'd never heard and, about that. Right, so if you looked at some of the older cars, you'd see this piece of rubber hanging from somewhere under the chassis, and it just, it was like a one-inch wide belt about eight or ten inches long that was steel-belted, and that dragged along the road. And the more it wore, the more steel showed until, you know, it would wear the rubber and the steel or copper or whatever was in there. And uh, that kept it, that that reduced the static quite a bit. And that was that was an accessory that you would buy, or that's something that people kind of um, made people themselves. Put it, people put it on. I don't think it came with a car. People put it on. No, but like it was, it was you it would worked. go to the store and buy one. You didn't have to. Man, you didn't have to yep. make it yourself. Yep. No, it just bolted to the frame. Oh, I had never heard of that before. Yeah, it was probably at AutoZone or whatever they were back then. You know, Western but, Auto. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing, Napa. You were talking about. You were talking about um, Toys R Us. Yes. Toys R Us started out, whatever year it did, as a, when they went public, they started out as a penny stock. I don't know if you're familiar with those, Mm -hmm. but a penny stock, basically you can buy a hundred shares for a dollar, okay, or two cents a share or a half a cent a share, depending on what it is. And if you noticed on the Toys R Us, the R was backwards. Yes. And... What happened was they, I remember my father buying some, and he was dabbling in the penny stocks. And what they did is they they sold them for, like, he bought 10,000 shares for, I don't know, whatever it was, 1,000 bucks or whatever it come out to. And uh, the big thing they were selling is they're hoping it catches on because it's, you know, to the eye, you see the R, the R is backwards, so you... Everybody constantly would look at the sign to see, because if people said, oh, didn't you notice the R is backwards? (laughs) And so it was kind of a, you know, an eye catcher. That penny stock that people bought for pennies when it was in its heyday went as high as $77 a share. Wow. So consider the money that was made. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and, uh, you know, and that's probably $77, not in today's dollars either. That's when $77 meant something. No, it was $77. So if you paid a penny a share and you bought 1,000 shares, you now had $77 times 1,000 a shares. It's not bad at all. And, uh, yeah, and then people, and a lot of people made money. Before, uh, quickly, before Subway came out, in a lot of the colleges in the Pennsylvania area, they had a thing, a sub shop called Stuff Your Face. And what it was is you, same way Subway is, only they give their vegetables away. This place was in the college. They'd sell a bun and roast beef for, say, $1.50. And then if you wanted lettuce, all the fixings, it was like 15 cents for lettuce, 20 cents for cheese, and then you bought yourself a end up getting a three dollar and fifty cent sub that was with the works oh. and that was only in colleges and it was like a trial and they were trying that was a penny stock also 
And then just about that started to catch on, and they were going to put it in other colleges. The young kid that started uh, Subway started putting Subways out next to colleges. Oh, okay. Yeah. Selling, the ro- selling the roast beef sub for, for three and a quarter, and you got every kind of vegetable for free. And then so he kind of put them right out of business. Yeah, I can they imagine. They never followed through to bring them to any other colleges. But um, all in the Pennsylvania area, whatever, Lehigh College and all the Penn State and all that, they had them originally. Well, I and just like the name. Their, it was in their cafeteria. Yeah, stuff your face. And, again, it was, you know, something that everybody could remember, you know. I honestly think the reason a lot of bands make it is because people remember their names. You got a stupid name of a band, people don't. One of two things can happen: they think it's dumb and they don't listen to it, or it's you know, it catches their eye and they, their ear, and they tell other people. So I think there's a lot in a name. Absolutely. But that's my two cents worth today. Well, I'm going to look for vintage T-shirts that have that logo on it now. <laughs> Some people find those <laughs> logos online and then they go and they make their own merchandise with it. Well, I'm going to see if yeah, I can find I mean, one. Yeah, you you look at the R is backwards, and and then I think years later they came out with the little, you know, because they had the giraffe, then they came out with the little giraffe, and that's when they started doing baby stuff. Yep. Originally they were a toy store. Then they came out with, you could buy strollers and... Yeah, babies are us, yep. Whatever the baby unit was, you know, the giraffe was called. Um, that's when they opened, they started with that and, uh, they had their run, but uh, well, they're, they're back. Again, uh, they're, they're just in a limited fashion. They're, they're now inside Macy's stores. Yeah. Well, you know, they were, I think they were a, uh, consequence of, you know, online. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, so I'm glad to see they are trying to come back, um, you know, I don't think you'll ever see them in their own private store again. I think I think there was a plan to have a couple standalone stores open. I don't know if there. I know there was going to be one in Massachusetts, but I don't remember exactly where. I'll have to see if I can find that story. Right. Well, but it won't be the yeah, same. You're right. It won't be the same as it no. was. No, and I don't think it. I don't think it'll ever be. You know, as big. Uh, yeah. But it was always. I mean, Chris, like my, my kids and my grandkids. You know, we're always taking them to the, car, to the uh, store. And it was started out child world with me, and then, like you said, it went to the Toys R Us. But, you know, a lot of people were bummed when they closed. Uh, me included, and I was already an adult by then. All right, I got to just hold you there because I got some other calls. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You as well. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. Um, when he was talking about those subs, I don't know. I knew you, you used to go around the Boston area. Do you remember Santoro's subs? I know of the Santoros that's in Wareham and Marion. Oh, it's not the same thing. You go in, you make your own sub. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah. You can put whatever you want on it, and you get back to the you get to the register, and they charge you. This was years ago, and then they also had a, a burger place. This is in Revere, a burger place called um, Woo Woo Ginsburger. <laughs> Named after Arnie Woo Woo Ginsburg. Woo Ginsburg, yeah, that's what they called it. Yep, yeah, they said they named it after, I guess. And if you went to the, if you went in and you said that, you get a free burger. Wow, was not, was Woo Woo part of it? Was he involved in it at all? Or I don't know. I don't. I was young. I was young then. My father used to bring us. My mother and father was like six of us kids, and uh, <laughs> we'd go in there and when he'd say, "All oh, of you guys say this," because he he used to work at Revere and Almy's. 
and um it was it was funny but uh yeah those are fun old days but yeah, you can't find a toy store around here no now, the, Mace, if she's got yeah if there are toy stores like somebody might have an independent one like you know right in downtown new bedford there's a great toy store called yeah. kojo's toy world that's all vintage yeah, I toys know. yeah you can't get in touch with them there's no phone oh i don't know I think they have a phone number. I'll have to check on that for you. Yeah, because um, I've been trying to get this. Uh, my my nephew likes that five Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm -hmm. Oh God! And um, he's looking for the thirteen and a half inch uh, Freddy Fazbear action figure. And I ordered it on. I forget the name of the place. I've never heard of it before. And we've been waiting since the beginning of February. Now they've told me it's not gonna be in until June. So my name's still in there. I didn't pay him yet, but my name's still in there. And they said, well. You know, you'll be on the top of the list. I said, yeah, if it ever comes in. But but then I called I call down there, and it says no number listed. When I see, maybe you have a, maybe they have a cell phone or something. I did it on yeah, Facebook. Let me, so, so Teddy, who runs that uh, store yeah, with his cousin, he's a, he's a friend yeah, of mine. Yeah, the wrestler. Yeah, let me reach out to him and see if he's got a number you can call. Yeah, my, my nephew uh, wrestled with him. Swilly. Uh, who who is it? Sean O'Brien. They call him Swilly O'Brien. He's good friends with him. Uh, is he a wrestler? Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I know him, but I I, I know yeah, a lot of the local his, wrestlers. Yeah, and then he was now he's in his band, so he's been he's been playing out too. So wow. Anyway, well, yeah. Well, I'm sure somebody will be able to help you locate one anyway. Yeah, I know. All righty. Thanks right. a lot, Tim. Thank Have you. a good day. You as well. I got to take a break. 508-996-0500. That's the number to call in and chime in. We can talk toys if you want to talk toys. When we come back, got a couple of earworms for you. Stay tuned. 1420 WBS. And that was the Toys R Us jingle, which I think most people know. If you stop somebody on the street and they're of a certain age and you say, I don't want to grow up, they're going to finish the rest of that song for you. But to me, the better jingle, I mean, d d don't get me wrong. That one is the winner far and away because it's worked its way and it's become part of the zeitgeist. And, but to me, I, I prefer this one. Child Sale this week. The Generals, Ideal's electronic battle game, just $23.88. Holly Hobby Bake Oven from Coleco, the electronic oven that actually bakes. Sale price $14.99. Fiddlesticks, the giant toy builder set from Knickerbocker, only $16.97. And as Peter Panda says, it's so nice to know that prices are low and shopping is friendly and fun. And uh, Child World actually changed its jingle a few times. Uh, they also had uh, they also had a super toy store and a whole lot more, but you can see a bunch of those in my story, which I have at wbsm.com and on the app. There's a link to a website called Child World Rocks. Somebody actually spent the time to gather up all of these Child World commercials 
and circulars. You can actually click on the PDF and see the original circulars from Child World. You know, advertising Game Boy on the front and all kinds of stuff. And uh, it's all there for you, including the history of it. What I find interesting about Child World is, you know, we're talking about the comparison between the two. Child World was a uh, a local company. It was founded in Quincy, and it had its headquarters in Avon. When I was a kid growing up, we would drive by the Child World headquarters in Avon. And I thought it was a, a New England chain. I didn't realize that it was actually national. And it was something that was, um, you know, there was a merger that helped it go national. So it started in Quincy in 1962. It moved to Avon in 1968. And in 1975, it acquired the Children's Palace chain of toy stores. And that helped to kind of go national. And it became the number two toy store in America behind Toys R Us. And then they adopted that whole style of it looking like a castle. So when you went to a child world, it usually looked like a castle. I remember when, if I remember correctly, they moved the Westgate Mall one or they, they redid the outside, the you know, they redid the entrance to it from the inside of the mall. And it looked awesome. And, and I thought that I had. See, it's funny because your your mind plays tricks on you as you get older. I remember going into Child World and the Hanover Mall. And I remember buying Muscle Men, which if you are my age, you remember those little pink little figures they used to have that would wrestle. Muscle Men, they had a little ring and all kinds of stuff. And they were all these weird characters. I would go there and get those because they always had the better variety of Muscle Men packages. I and mean, then you could also buy the mystery pack. You didn't know what you were going to get. And then I seem to remember, I know I played Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, the NES game there. Because I spent the whole time that my family was at the mall, I went into Child World and I started that game and beat it before I left the store. But I also distinctly remember playing Nintendo's Virtual Boy there for the first time and playing the tennis game and the Wario Land game for Virtual Boy, which was Nintendo's first attempt at 3D virtual reality type gaming. But according to everything I see online, that's not physically possible. That could not have actually happened because... Virtual Boy wasn't released until 1995, and Child World closed all of its stores by the fall of 1992. So where did this memory come from in my head? Where was I? Maybe I was at a Toys R Us, and I'm confused or something. I don't know. But that just totally blew my mind as I was researching that article. So you can read more about the history of Toys R Us, the history of Child World, and why I think Child World was the better store. And that's up at WBSM.com and on the app. Uh, Answered 7 in a cushion. It says, how about Cove Discount? That would be a go-to store if you needed anything. I mean, I remember my dad, uh, when he worked as an auto parts salesman, he would go to Cove Discount Center and sell them auto parts. He worked at, at a company where they had a warehouse. First, it was in Braintree, Quincy area, and then it was in Brockton. Uh, and 
I remember going to work with him. In fact, in the warehouse, I had built my own little office over in a corner where nobody cared. I had like a table and a chair and I got like, I think I had like an adding machine. I don't know. I was like five, six, seven, whatever. But he would go out and he would sell the auto parts to all the different stores. But he went beyond just the regular auto parts stores. He would sell them to places like Cove Discount Center. And we would go there and buy things all the time. It, and I remember it being like a hike for us living in Brockton or Plymouth at the time. Or Randolph. But, you know, in, in reality, it wasn't that far. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Morning, Tim. How are you today? Good. How are you? Interesting topic. My uh, my wife, when I met, first met her in 1992, she was working at Hasbro uh, in, in the marketing department. And um, she had come from Minneapolis because she was working at Tonka Toys. Um, and so we had, we had dated a couple of times and then she really got to my heart because she delivered me a, an RC car as a gift <laughs> on our like third date, and I was like, "Oh, she's the one." <laughs> right. so, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you, get, you hit the child in me. That was it. So, but uh, yeah, she worked at Hasbro for a while, but um, obviously things in the toy biz changed pretty dramatically uh, uh, in a kind of a couple of ways. One is there was less adults buying children's toys. Uh, seen that. You know, adults were making their kids more sophisticated, and there was less uh, simple play that was going on. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, online sales uh, collapsed the uh, real estate market for the retail stores. So there was, you know, the chains pretty much went away. So See, and a lot of people like to look at the online sales as being like, well, it made it easier for people to buy toys, and so they would just buy them online. And, and I don't really think that that was necessarily part of it, because for kids, a big part of it was being able to go to the store and pick out the toy and find the toy. I think what the Internet did instead was the availability of everything being there. So instead of having to go to every Toys R Us because I'm trying to find the Lisa Simpson figure to complete my collection, now I can just go on Amazon and buy it and have it delivered to me, and it takes away the thrill of the hunt of going to all these different toy stores. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the, the, so like we, when I first met her, we used to go down to what they call Toy Fair, which was a big toy show in New York, mm -hmm. and and uh, if you want to take like a like a child world store and then expand it out into a multi-warehouse, you know, layout, I mean, it's just gigantic, so they had to ability to display the way that the company wanted to display and it was really cool i mean it was like a small disneyland full of toys um and uh, all sorts of different things from scooters to bicycles or whatever else and i happen to have been in the bicycle business i've been i've been in the bicycle business for 30 years um so we both were on the uh the fun end of things so to speak in our careers but um and bicycles up until uh the, uh, through World War II, up until about the 70s, bicycles were considered toys. They weren't considered athletic uh, equipment. Um, so they were mostly sold in toy stores, et cetera. But then once um, the 10-speed came out and the focus became on, well, what's the, you know, racing bicycles and the Tour de France and all this other stuff, and then mountain bikes came on in the 90s, um, then the bicycle bicycles became a fitness, uh, uh, you know, item. You know, So that kind of changed the perspective and you know from there so anyway 
but yeah, we we're pretty neck deep in in the toy business. So. <laughs> you know, you know what I think ruined bicycles a bit too is as there's been less places to get them. I think Walmart has really ruined bicycles because they just sell crap bikes there, and that's what people are buying for bicycles. You know, it's funny. I I went down to Walmart to to do a pitch on some a product, um, and yeah, can you guess how many bicycles Walmart sells a week? I would I would be surprised if they even sold one. Walmart? Yeah. No, they they sell fifty five thousand bikes a week in wow. the U.S. Considering how sell, how much those things are of uh, poor quality, I'm surprised. They sell ninety thousand bikes a week the six weeks leading up to Christmas. Hmm. Um, they're, they're the number one bicycle retailer in the country, and the, the the guy that was running the bike department ended up becoming the CEO because he figured out that rack system that they use to make it simpler to sell bikes. But um, yeah, you kind of have to have a Walmart because it's sort of the disposable bike. I hate to put it that way, but right. it's not very it's not expensive. It immediately begins rusting. But if it can get people, especially kids, to ride a bicycle and 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 you know, just from riding a bike, you're going to naturally get healthier instantly because you're putting for, you know, exerting yourself. Um, and they, you know, will move into maybe a higher quality bike or put bikes in their life, and that's good for us and the environment. And everything yeah, that's else. true. Yeah, good, good entry level place. I do miss Benny's though. Benny's always had the best bike stuff, in my opinion. I yeah, I, you know, we that's a big heartbreak for us when Benny's went under because. You can always find items in Benny's from this, literally items that my mother had in her house from the 60s and the 50s. Benny's still carried those items. And it was like, oh, my God, you know, like one of the things I always laughed about was if you go in the appliance section at Benny's, there was, um, and you might have remembered this, is it, you know, the old can opener that mounted on the wall that swung away. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, they, sold, they sold that to this day. And they also sold the ice crusher that mounted on the same bracket. So you used to have like an ice crusher that was shaped like a um, like a rocket. And the bottom would unscrew, and you would put the ice in the top and rotate it around and crush the ice. And you would unscrew the bottom of the rocket, and that was your that was your crushed ice. And Benny sold that right up until they closed. And I was always loved the fact that they they kept a lot of the nostalgic items that were worked as well in the 40s and 50s as they work today. You know, absolutely. So, all right. Well, thank you for the call. Thank you for the memories. Yeah, have, a good, have a good day. You as well. And uh, we can talk more with you. 508-996-0500. I am up against a break, but, you know, Benny's was eternally having a bike sale, according to the to the stickers in the windows. It always said, bike sale, no matter what. And But that was the place that you would go to. You need a tire. You need a tube for your tire. Uh, you need to replace your pedals. Whatever it might be, you would find it at Benny's. And, you know, the caller is right. The Walmart bikes, I guess they're good for what they are. But I I think if you're going to go out and be spending $150, $200 for a bike, you should expect it to have a little bit more staying quality. But maybe that comes from a guy that, you know, growing up, I I, I got one brand new bike in my life. And then every other bike was a hand-me-down or a yard sale buy or something that we put together from spare pieces. My cousin used to go to the town barn in Halifax, which is where people could just drop off stuff that they don't want. It's kind of like what they do with the, um, at the, uh, what's it called? Transfer station over in Marion. They have a little building there that if there's stuff that you don't want to throw away, but you don't want, maybe somebody can use, you put it in the building and somebody can go in there and take it. I don't know if they've still done that. I haven't been there since before COVID. But you would go to the town barn in Halifax where he lived and there would be like, somebody put some bike 
handlebars. Somebody else put a bike frame. Maybe there's a couple of tires. And you would Frankenstein together a bicycle that was better than anything you would buy in the store. You know, those, those, were, the, those were the bikes that I remember riding around on. Although the one that I did get for my 10th birthday, which was a total surprise. My parents hit it in the shower. They're like, oh, you should go take a shower before school. Go to get in the shower. There's a bicycle in the shower. Columbia BMX. That that lasted me a long time. I got that when I was 10. And I think I stopped riding that when I was 15. Just because I got a 10 speed at that point. This was like before mountain bikes were a thing. But yeah, bicycles were a big part. And the bicycles were great. At Toys R Us. I don't know how much they, I don't remember how much you could do it at Child World, but at Toy, as somebody's riding around in the parking lot on a bicycle right now, uh, at Toys R Us, there was plenty of room to take a bicycle and ride it around, give it, feel it out. They had the um, uh, power wheels set up on, you could give those a try, and you know, you could ride around on the hippity hop balls, the ball with the, with the handle on it. I remember riding that down the aisle. Anyway, 508-996-0500. We'll be right back. Wake up each day with them. Next on WBS. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Tim, what was your favorite toy? I'll give you mine first, and it's not really a toy. I had these sets, or you could tell my age, of the Alamo. First, Paco was a Davy Crockett at the time. I don't mm-hmm. know if you can go back in time to, to know of this. Uh, Fort Apache, uh, Rin Tin Tin was a big thing at my time. So I had these sets. Right? I saw the castle, too. I think it was Prince Valiant or something. And I would set them up in my room at certain times, you know, like that, play with one or the other. And I would uh, get from Page Mill, they call it at the time, not Cove Discount, a... Uh, uh, a shotgun that you could, you know, break it, and there was two corks at the end of the gun. I would pull the corks out, and I would put pencils inside there, and I'd set up the Indians against Fort Apache. And, of course, you know, the Indians would always lose, and Fort Apache would win, you know, that sort of stuff. So that was that was my favorite types of toys. There was these sets, you know. I kind of think uh, the generations after that that went to G.I. Joe's missed out on it because you had a little bit of imagination with this, too, and I felt those were, those were bobbies for boys, you know, that sort of stuff, as I was an older person. But that basically, these sets of... You know, uh, the little men. I would, would yeah. Call they it. had like they had like the little platform base to them. Yeah, I, I know if it was a platform base. I could actually set up on the floor uh, the, the the plastic sides of Fort Apache, and the Alamo was more a metal thing that you stuck some things between the pieces of metal to give it a a, a fence around it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I I spent hours of time uh, with the, with those things in my room, staying off my parents' back. You know, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I probably had similar things to that. I had like these plastic, like I had like a fort that had the the yeah. big wooden fence and the yeah. lookout, and you know. But my, I think my favorite. I mean, I don't know. I had so many, but I think the one that probably lasted me the longest in my life was I had a Hot Wheels like garage type play up play uh-huh. set with like uh-huh. an elevator and a, yeah. and a thing that yeah. went down. Yeah. Like, yeah. and so I had that for a number of years, and then I I passed it on to my brother, uh-huh. but I still played with it even though when it was his. <laughs> when I, I'm like 15 years old, laying on the floor of his room playing Matchbox cars with him. Well, you ha- you haven't yet just. You haven't found ladies yet at 15 years old. Oh, I found them. They just they just hadn't found me yet. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, uh, you know, some things you don't let go of, and those are the things. But I remember, again, like being in my room and making up my own fantasy world, and for hours and hours 
playing in my room with that stuff and with the with the uh, I don't know if you ever saw it. Uh, it was a metal shotgun type thing that if you you broke it in half, it would load it, and then you I put pencils in it like mm-hmm. that and shoot at the guys and stuff like that. Uh, you know, fond memories of childhood. So yeah. that, that I would have to say, and the, those were my favorite toys. The SSS spent so much time with you know that sort of stuff. Sure. Well, thank you for the call. In the memories. Okay, my friend. Take care. Have, have a good one. Yep. And that was, uh, you know, all of my toys were things that required imagination because I had a lot of it. And one of the things I used to do, and I, I wish I hadn't done it, I wish I had saved the toys, but I used to bring the toys into the bathtub with me. And I would enact all kinds of different scenes with, like, the bathtub being like the lake and all kinds of things with my mask figures and, you know, mobile armored strike command, all that different stuff. We'll talk some more toys coming up in the next hour, but I got to take another break. 